What can you do to improve your writing and build your network as a part of it? As a creative and professional writer, my time post-college graduation was just that. Difficult to keep an upward learning curve that honed my craft and connected me with others in the field. So today, join me on a quest to connect writers to the experiences they need with top authors, editors, and publishers ready to share their methods for success. Become a part of a new elevated selection for publishers and debunk the myth that while writing is a solo act, being a writer is not always solitary. Am I right? Hey there, Word Wizards! I am very excited to welcome you back to another episode of Am I Right? And today we have an exceptional guest who is something of an expert in romance, which many of you hold out for the romance if you're like me, and I'm excited to hear her wisdom on what she has to share about that. So without further ado, I want to welcome Courtney Keisel onto the episode. Thank you for joining us today. No problem. I'm glad to be here. We're happy to have you. Um, I I could read her bio, but I think she'll do a better job explaining kind of her background and all the books that she has published recently and in past years. So um, do you want to kick it off and introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, uh, that'd be great. So it's actually Kiesel. I should have told you that. Courtney Kiesel. Cool. I should have asked. Yes. No, it's Kiesel. fine. Everybody That's gets cute. it wrong. It's totally yeah. good. So um, yeah, I'm really primarily a mom. I have five kids ranging from... 15 down to eight. And so I do that most of the time. And then I write during the day. I have my eighth book comes out next week and it's a rom-com. So I have a series of four rom-coms and then a series that's four dystopian. So I published my first book, uh, January, 2021. And then I've just been cranking them out ever since. And it's been a wild ride, but Good. I've learned a lot. I've failed a lot, but overall, I um, I'm really happy I started on this journey. Yeah, what a crazy time to start your journey too. Like through COVID, you've got kids, which is a full time job. I don't know how you're writing and having to take care of kids all day too. That's well, they're in school, so that really helps. I do do a lot of writing in the middle of the night. I'll stay up late if I have a deadline or if they're watching a show. I'll sit down and write. I mean, a lot of things fall by the wayside when you're doing writing this quickly. You know, my house isn't always clean. There's not always a delicious meal for dinner, but my family has been super supportive. So it's worked out really well. Right. And wouldn't you rather have this amazing book under your belt to, to show I did this than, oh, I made a good dinner yesterday. And <laughs> I think that's a, it's not really a toss up for me. Yeah. I mean, my kids are super proud. They brag about me all the time to school teachers. It's kind of embarrassing, but yeah, at the end of the day, what you say is true. I think it's a bigger impact on my children's lives to see me work and accomplish and reach goals than, you know, making sure that everything's in tip top shape at home. So it's kind of a family business. They're all, they help me post things on Instagram and TikTok, and, and they help me name characters. I mean, they're, we're all in, so it's fun. That's adorable. That's so fun that you're all together. And I think that's a great way to kind of show what you do and the hard work that you put into it. So um, tell us about this new book that's coming out. I'm so glad that we recorded when we did so that we could have that week um, to talk about it. I'm excited to talk about your, it's four in the series, correct? Yes. So this series is called the Sweet Rom-Com Series. It follows four siblings within a family and it's kind of each one of their journey to love. And, um, the first book came out in January 
And then I have a prequel novella that's free that you can get from a, the sweet and swoony giveaway. And then another one came out in May. And then this is the final book in the series of with the last sibling. And this is a friends to lovers romance. I kind of save the best for last. And I think it's mm-hmm. super cute. I'm really happy with how it turned out. Oh, I'm so excited to read it. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's really impressive that, I mean, that's a lot of releases within even a two year period, let alone one year. So my question to you, my first question would be, uh, it tends to feel that when writing kind of has a deadline or any kind of creativity, sometimes that deadline can kind of quash, um, you know, the, the creative flow that you have as a writer. And so is that a problem for you? And if it is, what do you do to combat that and to keep your creative juices flowing? Yeah. I mean, it is a problem for me. I, I do get stuck in my stories and I lose my motivation and I don't want to write. I usually, uh, it's not an intentional break because I do feel the deadline pressing. So I, but I do step back. I usually watch movies with romance. I just kind of clear my head for a weekend, but I think the biggest thing that helps me push past that is beta readers. You know, I'll send it to somebody else to read and then them, you know, either calling me or getting feedback to me and saying, hey, I hate this. Or what if you did this? Or why is your character doing that? That then gets me excited about the book again. And then their ideas kind of like a brainstorm session and help me get past that. So I think that's the major thing that helps me write as quickly as I do is I have beta readers who are committed to the project as much as I am. Yeah. And I think that sometimes it's overlooked how valuable they can be, especially if you get the right people to give you the feedback that you need. I had a, I had a beta reader who basically gave feedback on many things they didn't like, which I think to a lot of people would be crippling, but it was so enlightening to see, okay, so why do they do this? What's the motivation, you know, and keeping your, keeping your flow kind of together. So that's really interesting. And with, you know, beta readers, was there time that you felt like, okay, I'm ready for these beta readers? Is there like a sign of that for you? Or is it more to spend kind of the process of writing with publishing and deadlines? Um, I usually get to about 25,000 words in the story and then I'm stuck. Mm -hmm. And so then Mm -hmm. I usually bring in my sister who's been a beta reader for me on every book I've done. And she reads it and she tells me what she likes or what she hates, where I'm getting lost. And then um, I'll add about two more beta readers at like 35,000 words. And usually by like 50,000 words, I've added maybe two more. And so it kind of gets messy. I think there's a lot of authors who probably wouldn't be able to do as many beta readers and opinions that I get thrown at me, but it works mm-hmm. for me. And then I usually don't write the ending of the book, the last 10,000 or 5,000 words until like just a cup, like a week or two before that's supposed to go to an editor because wow. I kind of like to see what, where my beta readers want the story to go. I'm a panster. I don't plot. So mm-hmm. I don't even know where it's going to go. I have ideas of like, Oh, I want this scene at the end, but I don't really know how I'm going to get there. And so I, I hold out and write that till the very end after I've gotten all the feedback from beta readers. That's a really interesting approach. I think uh, it can be stressful to not know what's happening in the end. But I think, I mean, it's, I've talked to a lot of panzers. There are a lot of us out there, me included. I think I'm about half and half panzer plotter, um, depending on your mood too. And um, so that's, that's some really valuable feedback. Thank you. Um, so I want to get into romance because I'm excited to talk about that today, writing romance. Um, Brittany, she writes 
both modern and something more in the fantasy um, with her Curse Prince series. And I want to know um, what made you decide to make that flip? Because you, you had been working, I mean, four years, I think, right, on the first series and books and then you switched over to this more modern rom-com situation which is fabulous but I mean was that hard to make that transition? So my debut novel um, it's called The Promised Prince. I worked on that for like two years and that was the story that lived inside my head. I didn't grow up wanting to be a writer. It was just kind of something like oh I have this story in my head and I'm gonna just try it. So um, I like that book the best in the sense that that's the plot. I like a little bit of royalty romance. It's one of my favorite genres. It has forbidden love. It's just kind of all the things that I like in a book. So when I started that book, I had no idea what the genre really was. It it ended up being dystopian. But um, when I started it, I just wrote the book that I wanted to read. What do I like in a romance? And that's really how I got started is I had been reading several books and I didn't like the plots. They weren't satisfying my romance heart. So I just basically wrote the book I wanted to read and I wanted a little bit of political intrigue. And Mm -hmm. so that's what I did. And then I ended up taking that and that dystopian book and then creating a series out of it. So that's why I started in that genre. But I had a lot of people afterwards tell me, hey, you have a really solid rom-com voice in your books. Because all of my books have witty banter and awkward moments. And so I was doing rom-com within a dystopian setting. And so I was like, I enjoy reading rom-com. And so I thought, heck, I'll try writing a rom-com too. And in all honesty, rom-com sells better than dystopia Mm -hmm. does. And yep. so, although my first series is my, my, my true love, I think <laughs> I've got to stay more towards rom-com. And do you, I mean, has there been challenges switching over to the more modern voice or was that natural for you because you have that voice? Well, I switched to first person point of view. And so when I started writing that first draft of the rom-com, I was like, oh my heck, I didn't even like, I was getting my verb tense wrong all the time, which I mean, doesn't really matter because that gets cleaned up. But that was the biggest struggle is switching from third person to first. Um, But there were a lot of things that were easier uh, because I could just say whatever I wanted because it was a modern, I could talk like how I talk in my head. So that was a lot easier. And then um, objects, you know, texting, things like that, that um, made the plot just be like, oh, I could text this instead of have this be a scene. So that was a lot easier Mm -hmm. as well. I don't have to send a carrier pigeon out to your... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, With, so with that, the switching over, um, I mean, think a good romance is a good romance, depending, you know, it doesn't matter what era it's written in. Um, Is there like a, a... consistency you see in good romances because I, I've read a lot of romance myself in the young adult genre and adult genre um, and some of them just don't really resonate with you they just don't quite hit that like reality realistic feeling and then some of them really do has there has there been anything you've noticed that kind of makes kind of makes that romance more relatable to humanity as a whole I mean for me I always try to start with a really awkward and fun meet cute Okay, so to to grab the readers right from the start. And then from there, I always like my recipe is like, 
Okay, witty banter, we're going to create that by having inside jokes or things maybe I pull from the meet cute that then one character is teasing the other from. So we kind of build this relationship with from that first foundation of the meet cute. And then I always try to include, you know, uh, touches that normally really shouldn't mean anything like, oh, someone bumped your shoulder or, you know, a brush of a hand and really take those moments and like turn them into a big deal because. In everyday life, if you barely met somebody and you brushed up against their shoulder, I mean, it probably wouldn't mean anything. But if you were attracted to them and you liked them, then you, yeah, you might feel some butterflies. Notice. So I always try to build the physical barrier slowly mm. and really hold out until that kiss. However, I do like to have an almost kiss or something close to the beginning of the book, and that gets then broken up, maybe interrupted, and so. And then I think to make it relatable to all of humanity, just feeling the insecurities of falling in love, not knowing how the other person feels um, and just being real and vulnerable in the book, your characters, taking them to vulnerable places. I think a lot of people can relate to that. And by, and if you want to do that, you, I mean, you really have to have a relatable past wound that something that that character is struggling with that people can relate to. And then you need to expose it and, and make them talk about it and then use the other person, you know, as somebody who either can help walk them through that wound or, you know, some way that that wound can be bring them together. So that's kind of my recipe. And I don't know if it works, but people seem to say my characters feel relatable and the romance feels relatable. Well, it seems to be working well at this point with books. I mean, that's pretty impressive. So, um, and I, with the, with the transition, I think that's very true. I think we all have those um, kind of holes from our, from our background, whatever age we are, whatever experiences we've had, or at least we know somebody who has, you know, that you're helping through. And so fully kind of writing what you know, I think sometimes people think with fantasy or, you know, dystopian that it's more difficult to write what you know, but I think everything is based in humanity, you know, so um, that just kind of supports that anyways. Um, I'm going to ask our hard question now that we always ask on the show, um, which is that it seems to be that there's something of a secret sauce in a successful author, um, writers, especially aspiring or kind of always searching for what this is. And so from your experience as a writer and around writers and editors and agents, is there something that you have noticed a trait or a tendency that successful writers seem to continue to have? Well, from a writing standpoint, um, I think you can't take yourself too seriously, especially if you want to write, write quickly. You need to be able to just throw the words out there and not be attached to them too much, not, you know, rewrite a sentence 20 times, just write something and then come back to it later and, and have the confidence in yourself that you'll fix that later. So I think my first thing I would say is you need to be flexible, you know, don't get too attached to your work and don't sweat it too much. Just write. And then I think secondly, in regards to like romance, if there's a secret sauce, I think the authors who are successful do well with witty banter. You know, can you create a scene that um, makes your readers, you know, fall in love right along with the couples? Can you say things that are funny and make the flirting back and forth between in your dialogue? I think if you can do that, then you'll grab your readers immediately. And you have to have a good dose of 
awkwardness, you know, <laughs> nothing that's so cringy that people are like, I'm too embarrassed to read this scene, but something <laughs> that somebody reading could be like, oh, I could see that happening to me. So I don't know for me, I'm, you know, I have a lot of embarrassing moments from my own life that I can draw on. I can't say that that's how other authors do it, but, you know, constantly paying attention, watching movies, uh, TV shows that have good romance plots and being like, okay, that scene was funny or cute. Why? You know, and then being able to recognize how you can recreate something like that. So I've talked to some authors before and they've said, you know, don't, some have suggested don't, uh, dabble read watch movies in the genre that you're writing in because sometimes you tend to pull in other people's writing into what you're doing has that been a problem for you or is it really just more inspiring it sounds um, like you use it as a tool i actually i don't read um hardly ever because i don't have time i can't push out books at this rate and read books I, and be a mom and you know be all the things in my life so i actually i do not read at all I think if I were to read, yeah, I'd probably start to be like, did I say that? Or did so-and-so say that in their book? I, so I do think that that could be a problem. I know a lot of authors, yeah, read in a different genre. Um, but movies, I find that being like some of the biggest help for me is watching uh, love stories, whether it's TV or movies. It really, it really gives me good ideas that I can brainstorm. Yeah. And it kind of goes to show that each writer's experience is a little unique to them. And I mean, do what works for you. You can take the advice. Obviously, it's going to be good advice. But if you want to watch a movie and you think that's going to help you be inspired, then do it. I know movies inspire me, particularly, you know, certain ones from certain genres. But um, it's utilizing those tools because movies are storytelling. I mean, music is storytelling. Arts, I think, in general, are something that writers could have greater access to that could really inspire them. And I think a lot of a lot of writers that I know dabble in another kind of category um, when it comes to the arts, but keep it in mind for the listeners. Keep it in mind. Um, watch a show if you want to see what, see what you can pull from it for sure. Uh, that was actually a really great answer. And uh, she didn't have a lot of time to think about that. So I'm impressed. <laughs> Thank you for your honest answer, Courtney. Um, for the, for those of us who are newer and aspiring and maybe working on their, you know, same manuscript for two years, four years, seven years, however many years, um, what, what advice would you have for them? Maybe particularly for those who are feeling, oh, is this even going to make it? Is this even something that I should keep working on? Or am I wasting my time on this? I would say, I mean, finish it, right? Get to the end if you haven't. Because the second you write the end, that first time, it is feels like the biggest accomplishment. And mm -hmm. I remember when that happened to me, and it didn't even matter at that point if the book ever became anything. It just, I was just like, I did this. I finished a book. And it was kind of a mess, you know, but it didn't even matter. It just the accomplishment was, was huge. So I, my first advice would be finish the book. Uh, second would be um, hire good editors. Uh, get good beta readers, but don't have, don't be so attached to the book that when someone gives you feedback, that it destroys you. I mean, it always hurts at first, you know, there's always that moment I have to like read something from a beta reader or an editor and then like let it process for a few hours or even the next day. And then I, then I can approach my manuscript and be like, ah, eh, they were right. You know, I really should have done a better job 
with that, or, you know, this is going to make the book stronger. So I know a lot of new authors, yeah, they, they get their feelings hurt really easily and it kind of ruins the process for them or they're stubborn and they won't make the changes. If you have several people telling you, you have problems in, within your manuscript, you need to pay attention because mm. they can see it from a different lens than you can. So that, and yeah, put the money up front to hire a good editor, both a developmental editor, a line edit, and then a copy edit. It's expensive, but if you really want to make it out there, I think you need to do those things. You also need to hire a good cover artist. I mean, it's it's tough, right? Because it's not like we all have money just laying around, but it, you have to invest in yourself. And that is the best way that you can make sure that your book does well is by making sure that the cover's on point and that when readers do read it, they're they're getting the best structured sentence and grammar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's our that's our plaque of the episode. There always seems to be a good plaque takeaway. Invest in yourself, I think, is a great one. I'll have that on my wall for the week. Oh, good. <laughs> and I like that you mentioned, too. I'm grateful that you mentioned that, that uh, despite the fact that we need to have tough skin, it is going to stink when you get feedback. Because I don't think... I mean, we're, we're human, right? We we feel humanity. We write about humanity. We want to relate to each other. And sometimes that gets kind of swept under the rug that, you know, oh, you're a writer, so you just need to have thick skin about this. Sometimes you need a minute to process, I think. I mean, it's it's a lot to, to put your heart and soul out there and work and work and work and then have somebody come at it with a knife and tell you what's wrong. And, and so just giving it that time. Yeah, I'm grateful that you, that you mentioned that. So thank you. Um, before we wrap up here, I just have one more question for you. Um, basically, it's for those dark nights of the soul when you're like, why am I still doing this? I'm so exhausted. I'm so tired. I have kids. I have life. I have to write. Um, I have deadlines to meet. My creativity has got to fit that. Um, what do you do to remind yourself why you love what you love to do? Why you keep writing? Well, I think taking a break is always good and you can do that in any way that, you know, you want. Like I said, I usually will, I'll get off social, social media and I will read, not read. I said read, but I meant watch movies, some of my favorite shows, things like that. Um, but then I'm a thrill junkie. I always come back for the thrill because a new book release is the biggest high when you see people posting about your book and sharing and what writing reviews, and then it's a positive review. I mean, it gives you the biggest high. So I think at the end of the day, I just keep coming back for that high that just, you know, knowing that I created something that someone else is reading and loving gives me a lot of satisfaction. I also, I love it when a book is done or almost done and I can see this story, you know, I start with just a few scenes in my head and then it's like, wow, look what this became. That's extremely motivating to be like, I did that. I created those characters in this. So I think that's, mm -hmm. those are the things that help me get out of the dark times. Right. With the end goal in mind, the end reward, I should say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Well, it has been a delight to talk to you today. I am so glad that we were able to connect. Uh, and where the show is half about getting advice and the other half about building the writing community, what can we do to support you? Where can we go? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at author Courtney Kiesel. I'm also on TikTok at read romcom, and I have a website, CourtneyKiesel.com. But all of my books are on Amazon. Um, 
you just got to figure out how to spell my name, which is tough. <laughs> so um, my dystopian is called the Desolation Series. And my um, rom-coms, they're called the Sweet Rom-Com Series. So find me on one of those sites if you can spell my name. And I'd love to yeah, get in touch with people. Absolutely. And it, it'll be hard to miss to those listening because the first series has absolutely beautiful crowns on it. Just gorgeous. And then second one, bright colors, also very, you know, cute and trendy. And I'm excited to to get to read that last one too. So everybody stay tuned. That'll be in the notes. Uh, Courtney, thank you so much for coming on today. We've loved having you. Thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Can you see ways to improve your writing process already? Thanks for joining us on this excellent episode of Am I Right? For more information about the podcast, guests, or upcoming episodes, follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Right on, Word Wizards!